Live from a cheap gin joint on the wrong side of town, it's the Dockiverse Podcast. Episode 136, the rare and beautiful red-spotted toad eater of Potawango Island. I'm your announcer, Uncle Greyhawk, and in this episode, we've got a three-box problem and a random item. And now, as he spots two hired goons with bad intentions, here's Doc! Hello there, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Doc Cross, and I would like to thank Uncle Greyhawk for doing a spectacular job as a guest announcer. I would like to also tell you that, as I predicted, it is now up in the 90s here, and personally, I'm loving that. I won't love it so much when it gets up to 110, 115 later on in the summer, but right now, I'm very good with the 90s because 90 degree temperatures are where peppers and tomatoes and certain other vegetable crops grow at their best. They like the heat. They evolved in the heat. So we're getting some good sun, getting some good weather. I'm doing a lot of yard work. Everybody else here is fine. My wife is fine. My two wonderful dogs, Duke and Yo-Yo, are both spoiled and doing well. They're healthy. And the other group that I hope is very healthy, of course, is my patrons over on Patreon. And I thank them every month right up here at the top of the show. So I'm going to do it again. Thank you, Avis. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Jame. Thank you, David. Thank you, Marion. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Lori. And thank you, Peter. You all are great. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Now, speaking of the rest of the show, we have the GM's Toolkit. And this time I may go on a while, uh, longer than normal, because I'm talking about sandbox ideas, because I am doing a sandbox game for my next game. It started out, it was going to be a steampunk game, and then it was going to be a pulp game, and I found out nobody in my group knew anything, or nobody in my potential group, at least the two players that I know are going to be playing, didn't know anything about pulp or steampunk or anything really. So I decided just to do sort of a low, low magic fantasy game. And they're exploring the world around their home uh, village or home state, really. And I got an idea for the sandbox. Rather than draw out a detailed map, I kind of know what the map's going to be like in my mind. You know, there's going to be mountains here and mountains there and forests up here and a big lake over here and that sort of thing. But I wanted to make a map that would show where important things and less important things and minor things were on the map, approximately. So what I've done, and by the way, if you're on Patreon, there should be a an illustration, a JPEG, I believe, that you can download, and it will show how I, I did this map. What I did is in large print in one color, I would write the names of all the major locations. Now, in this case, the major locations are either someplace that's really fucking weird or really fucking dangerous, or it's one of the lost city-states they're looking for, or it's an entirely new civilization, a new country that they've never been to. Things like that. So you may have a city-state here, and up top you may have Dragons. There are dragons here. 
Um, so you put that there, and that's in large print, say, I don't know, 18 point. Then you drop down to about 16 point, and you change your color, maybe from white or whatever to blue. Now I list dangerous places that aren't quite as dangerous as the major ones, or interesting, possibly loot-filled locations, haunted locations, things like that. Things that aren't super important, but are, you know, still interesting, dangerous, profitable, whatever. So I list those, say, in blue at 16-point type, and then I drop down another to 14-point or 12-point. Then I list the interesting, but not super important places. The places like, you know, an independent village that's not aligned with any kingdom and are way out in the boondocks or a particular stretch of river or part of a forest or old ruins that uh, doesn't really have anything weird going on in it or, you know, a mud volcano or something like that. Then I go to the last one and this is the very minor stuff. This is just like dungeon dressing that you throw out in the environment, like an old rusty sword or a short wall, a wall that runs maybe 90 feet. It's a couple feet thick, it's four feet high, and it's just there. There's nothing else around it. There's no ruins of a village, there's no ruins of anything, just this short wall. And your players can obsess over it or whatever. Uh, like I say, this is the dungeon dressing stuff. So this could be things that you just toss out there on the map. And at some point, your players will obsess over it. And you can go, aha, I have a new plot hook. Because let's face it, sooner or later, all players are going to find something they're going to think is a lot more important than it really is. So you throw that all over the map. You know, you pick just random spots and put it. Uh, one way, a friend of mine who did a similar thing, did, is he took a bag of dice and he laid out his large paper map that he had already sketched out a few you know, places on, mountain ranges and such, and he just dumped out four kinds of dice. Uh, the D20s were the important things. The D10s were not so important. The D6s were just kind of, you know, interesting stuff that may or may not have anything cool about it. And then the D4s were just the dressing, just the, the dungeon dressing. And he dumps them out, and then he just goes, okay, there's the D4 on that spot. That's this, that's this, that's that. And you've got the same sort of map that I did. Now, the other thing about sandboxes, besides laying out all your stuff like that, which is easy and makes it way easy for you, because then you just do a separate text file and you go through and say okay there's the old ruins that's got this and that here's this and that and do the descriptions and you're good to go but the other thing about sandboxes is and this is what makes them a sandbox your players can go anywhere and do anything they want so you as gm have all this laid out so all you have to do is wait for them to get to it now you may or may not have an overarching plot line i don't really the only thing they're out there to do is see what's out in the world so their kingdom can expand and also they are looking for the other city states if they can find them so that's it anything else they just run into it and deal with it now 
it is very low magic, which means magical creatures don't exist anymore. You're not going to find a Pegasus. You may find a unicorn, but it's basically just going to be a smart horse with a horn. Giants are not 30 feet tall. Giants are more like 7 feet tall. Um, Orcs are still ugly by human standards, but they're not as ugly. They are more like ugly humans, maybe looking like Neanderthals or something. I don't know. Um, Everything's devolved. There are still dragons, but dragons are not big, fire-breathing, winged creatures. They are more like Komodo dragons, only larger and faster and smarter. They have gone from being extraordinarily intelligent to being probably as intelligent as your average chimpanzee or maybe a very smart pig. So they're still dangerous. And they can spit a corrosive venom, which several creatures do in our world. Um, Cobras, things like that. So you've got these devolved animals out there for them to find, at least in my game. And magic is very rare. So any magic they find is going to be tied to a device or an item. There is no finding a scroll or finding a potion or anything like that. So you've got your characters out there wandering around. You've got all this stuff on your little map. You've got all the descriptions of stuff. And you let them find it. They wander into things. They stumble into things. They fall ass backwards into things. That's pretty common. And you run your sandbox. That's what a sandbox is all about. It's just them out there. Nothing pre-planned. See where they go. One of the things, though, you have to do with a sandbox is prepare for them to go off the map. Because sure as hell they will. Now, my particular map is 500 miles on a side. So it's going to... And their their home kingdom is right smack in the center. So it's going to take them a while walking or even riding horses to get to the edge of the map. But... I have already made maps of the surrounding areas. So if they go east off the map, boom, I've got something there. West off the map, whatever, northwest. I've, I've got it all covered. I don't have it all detailed out, but I know it's there. Like, okay, this mountain range continues up that way, but then it curves over into this one. Or they come to the ocean. Or they come to a great salt flat like you find in Utah. Um So I've got that mostly covered when they go off the map, which they will do eventually. I also have some notes about various uh, civilizations that they might run into on the main map. And that's what you do for a sandbox. You just keep them walking around looking for stuff, and they go where they go. And you don't have to railroad. You don't have to do anything. You just wait for them to stumble onto something. If they don't stumble onto something... We just say, well, you know, you walk along and you see this and, uh, you know, you find a, a dead uh, eagle and you can use its feathers for something. Or you go over here and you, you find pretty rocks or whatnot. Um, that's just, they're out there doing stuff. And that's what's great about a sandbox is you don't have to do a whole lot if you do your prep first. So GMs, do that. Do your prep. Get your sandbox all laid out. And then see what happens. So that's the GM's toolkit for this time. I didn't ramble quite as long as I thought I would. 
But uh, yeah, sandboxes. I love running sandboxes. I haven't really run a complete sandbox, a, a straight-up sandbox for a long time, and I'm looking forward to doing this. Hopefully, hopefully we will start in about the middle of June. Um, I have to coordinate with my GM from my game I play in, so I don't run things the same week she does and tie up everybody's schedule because goodness knows you're not going to find people able to play twice a week very often anymore. So that's the sandbox situation. That's the GM's toolkit, and we'll have another one next month. Okay, folks, it is time for a random place. Now, yes, we have changed up. It's no longer a random thing. Uh, it's a random or random item. It's a random place. And this is actually a place that's going to be in that sandbox I was talking about earlier. It is the Great Stone Skeleton. This is a skeleton one mile long from feet to the top of its head. It's laying on a great big slab of probably volcanic rock, maybe uh, lava, the, uh, the the smooth kind, the pohoihoi, not the ai ai, um, and it's laying there, just you know, arms at its side, like somebody laid it out in a coffin. Except it's not in a coffin; it's on this slab, and it's a mile fucking long. Which means when this thing was alive and stood up, it was probably a little more than a mile high. Uh, if it was alive. It looks like it might have been alive. The stone, it looks like it might be calcified bone, but you're not sure. So your players find this enormous stone skeleton. It has no weaponry. It's just laying there. There are no people around. The volcanic slab is actually out of place in the environment because it's right out in the middle of a... Uh, area where the desert is turning into plains so you know what is it how did it get here is it skeleton of a god is it something that people carved out of stone um, what's going on now if you have a mage and if you're in a regular D&D kind of magic plentiful world your mage could check it out and say whoa this thing is magical because it does give off magical energy but it's fairly low-level magical energy. It's like background radiation sort of energy. Um, what do they do? What do your characters do with it? Well, that's up to them, and it's up to you. It's also up to the genre you're running and location, a whole bunch of that stuff. If this is in a fantasy game, well, you know, weird shit like that pops up all over the place. However, if you're running a modern game, and they find a mile-long skeleton in the middle of the desert laying on an out-of-place lava slab, that's going to stir up some shit. Because, first of all, why has nobody found this before? I mean, what if you plop this down in the Mojave Desert of Southern California? I can guarantee you the Mojave Desert of Southern California has been photographed all the way completely by airplanes and more airplanes and satellites and human beings walking all over it and riding it and doing all sorts of things for the last you know hundred odd years 
and there wasn't a skeleton there before, how did he get there now? Or maybe it was there before, and they find out that, you know, people just haven't been talking about it because something keeps them from doing that. Uh, if it's a historical game, how does this affect history? You know, Napoleon's riding along with his troops, and they're going to do a big conquest, and blah, 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 and there's this friggin' skeleton. You know, maybe there it is in Egypt. And what do they do about it? It's, you know, how do they get there? Do they care about it? I mean, maybe they don't. But maybe it's something weird. Maybe it gets shit going. You can bet your ass there'd be a religion forming around it sooner or later. Anyway, there you go. It's a great stone skeleton laying on a slab. Could be in a desert. Could be in a forest. Could be in a jungle. Could be in a swamp. Could be underwater. However you want to do it. And I hope you use it. And if you do, let me know about it. And we will have another random place next week. Once again, we come to the end of the podcast. And this is the part where I thank you all for listening. And I thank you very much. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook where I am Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Docaverse blog, on the Mastodon Dice Camp server as Doc Cross, via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com. If you are listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail, and you patrons can leave a message on my Patreon page, and they will send me a text about it, and I'll get right back to you. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts at the very least two months before they go up on Anchor, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Doc Cross and pledge as little as a buck a month or more. More is always good. For one-time or occasional donations, you can use my coffee KO-FI page at Doc Cross 4591 and you know, pledge once, pledge every two or three months, however you feel like it. If you would like to sponsor this podcast or advertise on it, get in touch with me by any of the means I just mentioned, and we will work out a deal. Our music was Watch It by Mr. Smith off of the Free Music Archives. This podcast and everything on it, except the music, is copyright 2023 by Doc Cross. I will see you all next week. Until then, live long and prosper.